Welcome to the Paperless Movement Podcast. I'm Tom Solid, your host, and I'm so excited to share another thrilling episode with you, where I deep dive into the digital productivity space together with my guests. As usual, this episode is not sponsored. However, providing you this value for free is only possible thanks to all of you who are part of the Paperless Movement membership. You allow me to stay independent with my opinion. But also as a member, you can join these interviews live when they are recorded for a chance to ask your own questions and you'll even get access to chapterized video versions of this and previous episodes. So if you'd like to become a member eager to max out the full potential of your digital productivity system, check out paperlessmovement.com. And now, without further ado, let's dive into this chat. All right, everyone, welcome to another expert meetup here. This week, Daniel Foster joined me here, and I'm really excited to dive into this because he's actually one of the power users. We, we just build it up this way. You're one of the power users of Snagit, and he's actually working inside TechSmith. And as you know me on Paperless Movement, Snagit is one of my favorite, most favorite tools when it comes to taking screenshots and capturing short videos to create my work instructions that I then add to Notion. So if you watch one of the videos, you know what I'm talking about. But now I'm really excited to welcome Daniel Foster and First of all, maybe you introduce yourself and yeah, let me know, let us know more about you. Sure. Thanks for the warm welcome. Glad uh, to be able to join you today, Tom. And it's cool that we can make this connection and thanks for using Snagit. We always love to hear from folks who, you know, are using the product and one of the joys of my job. So my role right now is in a strategy role for, for TechSmith and I've been aligned with the Snagit product for um, since about 2015. So that means I've been at a lot of conferences. I've done a lot of wonderful interviews with, with users. And one of the joys of my job is really learning how people um, are solving the particular problems of their work, how they're accelerating their, and it's as various as you might imagine with a tool like Snagit. So that is some of the fun is I'm always learning. I'm always running into people and, and I'm surprised like, oh, you're doing that. Cool. I haven't met anybody who's doing that. But yeah, so I, a little bit about my background at TechSmith. So I've been with the company about 14 years, joined in 2007 as actually as a marketing writer. So I was brought on board to write those emails. One of my limelight moments was when I was buying a used car from Craigslist locally. And the person who was the seller said, I recognize you. And we talked some more and he said, Oh, you're the newsletter editor at TechSmith. And I was like, ah, I've arrived. This is my 15 seconds of fame. So yeah, I, I, I did a lot of writing for various things at TechSmith. And then over the years, realized that I had a lot of interest in the products, how they work, how we could serve people better, ways that we could help people be successful at these mature, full-featured products more quickly. And so I really moved over into the product side in around 2015 and have, have had a lot of fun over here uh, working with Snagit and Snagit Company. Yeah, and I'm really happy to have you here on the show now uh, with such a vast experience about using Snagit and being actually part of, of TechSmith. And what just caught my eye was going to your Twitter account and there was one tweet actually talking about, what was it? How many thousands of screenshots do you still have from back? Tell me, tell us more about this. Yeah. Well, don't be, don't be disappointed if you check out my Twitter account. I'm very intermittent posting or sharing things, but yeah, I was trying to just spark some conversation because we were having some internal discussion about how big is the average library? How many captures do people have? 
And I thought that one of the developers definitely would have me beat because he's in there taking screenshots all the time. And then when I went and looked and we compared numbers, I, I had about 80, 8,600 screen captures since about 2014 because I moved over to Mac at that time as my full-time yeah. machine. Previously, I was on a Windows machine. So yeah, and I think that is one of the cool things that people have used Snagit for a long time. One of the things that differentiates this tool out there among other you know, things that do screenshots basically at a really basic level. But when people compare Snagit to those, one of the things that they say is it keeps all of my screenshots. I didn't even know that. And then I can open it up and they're searchable. It tells me which application I search, I, I, I screenshot it from. And so I get a lot of value out of that. I'm, a, I'm an archiver. I'm a safe. My wife will tell you like, why haven't you thrown this stuff away? And I'm like, cause I might need it someday. Yeah. And, and there's enough storage. Yeah. To save everything, isn't it? So <laughs> this is why Evernote is still my document dump. Just throw it in there. If I need it, I will search and find it later on. So yeah, you can be become a bit more messy and still stay organized, actually being organized inside the chaos there. And something I didn't even know was actually what you just mentioned, the part of Snagit that shows you all the details about the screenshots. So what, what device you captured it on and obviously when you captured it. And so you said it's searchable. So does it OCR, the text recognition of your screenshots? That is not something we do yet. You can OCR an individual screenshot, but we haven't pointed that at the whole library to grab text out of all of your screenshots. We do grab uh, whatever we can from the browser and the application. Okay. So, so because example, you said searchable. Yeah, that part's searchable. Yeah. So, oh, this was something I grabbed from this URL, the Adobe website, and I grabbed the screenshot, then you can search Adobe and it'll come up or whatever. All right. Or I was in Adobe Acrobat and I took the screenshot. Oh, okay. Then you can look by that application and see that it was, that that's where you got, you grabbed it. And this is already awesome. Yeah. Already where to look at and you can dig down there. Yeah. With OCR general OCR, this might be another advantage there. It becomes really a knowledge management system there. Yeah. And you can add tags there as well. So yeah. You can even user tags. Yep. You can set up your own schema of all the tags you want, label them however you want. So I use that. I tend to use that. And some people use it for projects. I'm working on this project. I want to tag all of these things. My projects tend to be time-based. So usually I just I'm lazy. I don't even bother tagging them. I'm like, if, as long as I can go back in my email or calendar and find when I was working on that, then I can navigate to the right date and see that chunk of captures. But what I do use tags for typically is things like, like an inspiration bin. I'm always looking at other onboarding workflows in applications and I'm just grabbing stuff. I don't know if I'll need it. When I take surveys, I grab cool survey questions because I build surveys sometimes. So it's, I just want to have that to go back to. So those are the kind of things I usually use tags for because they'll be really hard to find. Yeah, that's true. And this is why I instantly move out anything that I captured into the systems that I set up. Mm. So I personally use Snagit mainly to, to build up workflows inside Notion because Notion is really great adding rich content there. So I love the feature that I can screen record something very quickly with Snagit and then output it as a GIF. So I think this is really a missing feature in so many other <laughs> applications still with the screen capture to make an easy GIF animation out of this. And yeah, just drag and drop it into Notion and you have a small GIF animation and a video tells a lot more than just a picture. 
And then I also love adding the arrows and the highlights and all this. So this is really great. But what else do you think Snagit could be used for? So I'm sure I'm a very niche down person here when it comes to using Snagit. I love talking about GIFs or GIFs. I'll talk about either one. And and actually, I don't know what's the correct one. I don't either. Well, niche or niche, we can start there. <laughs> so yeah, I think that is a, a useful and under underused, underutilized format. I think one of the things that's going for it, you're hinting at this, you can put it in almost any, any platform that supports images. So it doesn't have to support video formats in order to support GIFs. So it's easy to move in. And then you can, it's really compact for just conveying information really quickly. I, in fact, I just used this in a presentation yesterday. I was like, the best way to show this little interaction on a competitor website is to just record it as a video, make that a, a GIF and then put it on the, and then video, I would say it's interesting that screen recording, just make an area of your screen, select an area and then record and voiceover. Like that has been around for a long time. It's been around for a long time in Snagit, but we still meet people regularly who one don't know it's in Snagit and two they're just getting around to where like the way they work is really starting to make them think I wish I could just make a quick video and send this off to somebody and I yeah. think partly with the pandemic and, and people being disrupted a lot and how our work patterns are this kind of asynchronous quick video message type format is really salient we use it I use it I just used it actually before this call because I'm heading out on vacation at the end of the of today like we were talking and someone wrote an email that is, ah, I could spend an hour trying to craft my response to this and really think about every word. I know what I want to say. And in 10 minutes, I can basically share my essential thoughts on it and, and get that out of my head and onto somebody. So lots of uses, I think, for video. And the other thing I want to say about video really quickly is there's two modes of video creation in Snagit. A lot of people don't realize the second one. So the first one is create an area, make a video recording like a screencast. The second one is a very Snagity type uh, workflow, which is you can take a number of images, maybe three, four, five, ten images that you have. You can annotate on them in advance if you want with arrows and text. Blur is really nice because if there's something in there you don't want to have in your video, you can blur it out and then it will never have a chance of showing up in your video accidentally. And then you fire up this mode called video from images. It's under the create button in Snagit. It gives you a little, it's almost like a PowerPoint light sort of mode where you're flipping through these slides and then you can do live annotation and drawing on them and you can talk over them. So it's a series of static frames instead of live video recording, but really useful for these kinds of things where you're like, I know what I want to say. I have three, four screens I want to show and I maybe even want to do some decoration or annotation on them in advance or redaction and then spit that out as a video. Or you could turn it into a GIF if you really want to. That's awesome. I, I, I wasn't aware of this, but something else just came to my mind. What I just used yesterday hmm. when I answered a question inside the Payless Movement membership community, I like to answer with videos as well. And I just try to optimize this to quickly answer this. And in our community, we, we are using circle.so and there you can now upload videos. Hmm. So I have the option to upload the, the video. This, it was a screen recording on my iPad. And I thought, okay, how do I process this now? Do I upload it to Vimeo and then embed it? Or do I upload it directly to Circle? And then I realized I hate the thought and I hate friction. So I thought, how do I do this best? And what, what the, have I done? I uh, just dragged and dropped it into the Snagit editor mm -hmm. because it is so much easier to chop down a video inside Snagit. It's so easy to cut videos 
into pieces and really keep the parts that you want. I don't want people to wait to see what happens next. And then you, ah, I hate people where it is going forever until you see what it's all about. So this is another thing that I realized yesterday. I use Snagit for this now. So I cut this together very quickly and dragged out from Snagit into the community. It uploaded there and it was done. There was no upload into Vimeo. I had not to open my video editing software like Final Cut Pro export it. This is a big advantage. So it's much easier for me to answer. Yeah, that is a, that is really interesting that a lot of people overlook that you can do either file open in Snagit or like you said, drag it right into that tray at the bottom of the editor. I liked, I have used that too. I think it's great that you can trim out bits in the middle and at the end. Yeah. And then the other thing, I don't know if you noticed, but in that, that bar, that control bar, when you're looking at a video in Snagit, there's a button called PNG. And that lets you just grab out a frame. So I've also used that, right? You can, if someone sends you a video and you just want a few frames, or if you have made a little sequence walkthrough and you're like, yeah, I don't actually need that all of this as a video, but I just want these three key frames. You just scrub to that place, hit the little PNG button and it throws the, the, the image down on your tray. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope really that Snagit won't change in this regard. So don't blow this thing up. You have Camtasia on the other hand, so no need to do this anyway. But the, what you just mentioned, the, the GIF or GIF and the PNG buttons right there. And this is exactly what you need for the workflows that you do, that you use Snagit for. So you absolutely pointed out some great that I really like as well inside Snagit as well. Yeah. So what, because you said there are so many people and so many different workflows and things that you never thought about using yourself or never came across anything curious. Anything interesting you want to share there that will um, blow my mind as well? <laughs> there are all kinds of little, you could say niche, but they're almost little accelerants, right? Depending on what you're trying to do, it's an acceleration to your workflow. So let me give you a couple. One is if you haven't ever looked at the captured presets, this is functionality that's been in Snagit for before I started working at TechSmith, the, the core of it. But the idea is if you've ever been familiar with macros, that's the analogy that I like to use is that you can say, what do you want to capture? Which part of the screen? What do you want to have happen to it next? Do you want to apply an effect? Do you want to resize it? You can, all of these different transformations can apply automatically. And then where would you like to send it? Or what would you like to do with it then? And so you can put together these little sequences of what you capture, what effects or what transformations happen, and then where it goes. And those can be incredibly powerful. Like I've known people that the where it goes is Photoshop. And you can choose like an executable, particularly on Windows. I don't know if you can on Mac or not, maybe. But on Windows, you can choose an executable and be like, what you do, snag it, is you send it to that exe. And then that thing is going to receive it and do whatever with it. People will use that to, they, they say, well, my images have to be 800 pixels wide for my blog or my article. So I can just make them all 800 pixels wide automatically. Or I have to save them in this particular bitmap format. I don't know. Does anyone use bitmap anymore? TIFF format, whatever. Sometimes people have archaic things. So that would be one, the presets in capture. It's cool because you can then save those as little macros. You can give them a shortcut or hotkey. So when you do have to do that one niche thing, you can just be like, hit the hotkey and then it just does it. Maybe that's maybe, awesome. Yeah. yeah. You really have automations in there already. And I have to figure out if this works on Mac as well with the macros that it opens up. So it's, is it? No, it's not shortcut. 
I have to check this out. Yeah, this is really great. The plate to I look mean, for it, I'll just, I'll give you a pointer. So the place yeah. to look is if you're in the capture window, there are these three tabs, all in one image and video. Yeah. So go to the image and start exploring from there. And then you'll see like the share drop down, and that lets you send it to, to different places. Okay. And talking about sharing, I know that you had a second one, but I just want to bring in the share function and mention screencast there which is also a platform that you offer where I can upload my videos for easy sharing. Very underestimated, I would say. Yeah, I agree. And the great thing is if you have a TechSmith account, which you can create right from within Snagit, you already have a Screencast account waiting for you to use. And it is, yeah, yeah under that share, the blue share menu in the editor, you can just hit that and send it straight to Screencast. And it puts a link on your clipboard. So it's instantly, uh, we use it at the speed of chat. If I'm in a Slack conversation and I need to send someone something quick, I can just put it up there, send them the link, and then it, it comes in and embed. I will also say if you are at an organization where you can't use some kind of a cloud, you know, sharing capability, we do support Dropbox and Box and OneDrive and Google Drive. You can also, most of those, I think all of those now support video pretty well. It gives you most of that same experience of sending it up and getting a link quickly. So. Those are good options just to have under that share menu. Yeah, maybe we just throw in a question from Steve in between because this just fits here. <laughs> he says he's not able to share it to Evernote. So there seems to uh, get an error message. Obviously, this is a support question. Yeah. However, maybe it has to do with the new Evernote version that came out. Do you know if there are any, is there any trouble with the new API or API changes? I heard this uh, from many other companies already that they have trouble now. Yeah, that's very possible. I am a little detached from those technical details, but I don't think we've updated the Evernote output, share output very recently. So that's certainly possible. I will say as a pretty good workaround is the drag and drop out of the tray. Yeah. A lot of folks don't know about that, but uh, if you have multiple screens, especially and Evernote is open, just dragging it out of the tray is almost as good, sometimes better, depending on where you're, what you're trying to do. And then copy paste. Yeah, either I don't have the editor window opening automatically, then it's already on my clipboard and I just paste it in right. wherever I want to paste it, or I drag and drop it. So I usually don't share it to Dropbox or anything else. I rather drag and drop it into my Dropbox in my Finder. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it feels more natural to me and sharing it, going through the share button and then opens another window and I have to pick there the, where I want to share it to. Again, too much friction in my eyes. Okay. Oh, you had a second thing. I hope you didn't forget about it. <laughs> no, um, but you had a second story there. Yeah. yeah. So there's so much more I could say about capture. I will just two, two quick things before I leave capture one, because it just relates to what you just said. There is a little toggle in the capture window to, to put your capture on the clipboard. And if that's not enabled, yeah. you probably want to enable that because so often it's just really useful where you're like, I don't actually need to edit. I'm just, I just need to put it. And so it's capture put. Yeah. The other thing I would say is that there's a hidden shortcut down in the preferences on most machines, unless it conflicts, it's like something like control shift R, but you can set it to what you want and it's repeat last capture. And so what that does again, for that efficiency, here's a use case. I'm in a zoom and I, a call and I want to take some screenshots of the same zoom window over time. because the person presenting, I'm like, Ooh, I need to archive that. And ah, I'd like to keep that. So I don't have to draw out that area every time. After I do it the first time, I can just hit this shortcut and Snagit will do exactly the last capture that it just did before of exactly the same place, all the same settings, ask you for nothing and just 
have it go to wherever it goes by default. So that's a really nice little speed up. It is indeed. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So the other one I wanted to talk about. Oh, go ahead. But let's stay. Let's stick to capture for one more okay. second because right. so much good stuff. Pan panoramic uh, capture. Another reason why I'm using Snagit is I can scroll down websites and it will keep capturing the whole website or left and right even and make step. Well, that's what the name comes from, isn't it? So I have a, a full size capture instead of making several captures. I think that's another thing that should be mentioned and it's not possible with the standard screen capture tools. Yeah. And that is one where we've definitely invested over the years because as web pages have changed their architecture, the infinite scrolling page happened. So you're like, what do you do with that? And then some of the ways that we were hooking into Microsoft, particularly on windows change. So we have reworked that and the panoramic function is works great for a lot of use cases. Yeah. get that tall page or the wide page. So yeah, the other, the second part of the story, let me, let me just I'll probably be more brief on that, but in terms of little hidden hooks or things that save you some time. So one in editor is grab text. We talked a little bit about OCR, but the way, you know, if someone is using Snagit and they haven't really used grab text yet, you just use a selection tool. You don't even have to select. You can just right click an image in editor and then say grab text. And that basically OCR is it. So the, the way I'm lazy about retyping stuff, I feel like it's a complete waste of time. If someone else has typed it, why should I have to type it? And that says something yeah. about my typing skills, I'm sure. <laughs> but just being able to grab something out of a PDF that's flattened or something someone gave you that's in an image and extract that text out. And say is it working? Is it working with handwriting? That's a good question. I don't think we've really focused on handwriting. I think we talked about that at one point when the pen tool started being a little bit more dominant on Windows machines. But as far as I know, so we're actually using some, a library from other leaders in, in optical character recognition. Yeah, I should test this uh, because many of our members are using handwriting note-taking apps on the iPad and there are now these Mac versions as well. And this mm -hmm. might be still something, a good feature, especially when they, there are now options to share the, the notes with others. So right. there might be a lot of handwriting notes going around. They are OCR anyway, mm -hmm. in many cases, but yeah. Who knows? Um, good. What? One more? Can I give you one? Yeah, more? one more. Go ahead. One Real more. Quick. Again, really old thing. That's been take your time. You can make it not as long as it's exciting. Being able to batch process images. So there's a place under the file menu that you can apply the same effects to a whole bunch of images. So if you're the kind of person who has like a big pile of JPEGs or, or PNGs, and you need to do the same transformation to all of them. Again, a huge time saver because you can just feed them all through this kind of batch engine and it applies the same thing to all of them. So those are some of the little utility-ish type things that are just accelerate. This was one value bomb after another here about Snagit. I thought I'm a power user of Snagit. Well, you proved me that I had to learn a lot more and certainly a lot of things that I will now implement in my own workflows. Daniel, I thank you very much for your time so far. If there are any further questions from the community, please feel free to answer them. But what I'm really excited about is there were so many good tips. I think I will make a YouTube video out of this, cut this together. I will use the, the video editing software in this case. But yeah, this is really something I really loved about. I didn't expect to learn so much out of this and really good. So maybe a future outlook, Daniel, any plans that you can talk about mm. or as you're writing the marketing or you have been writing it. <laughs> yeah. Let's shine. 
tip, tip the hand a little bit. Yeah. An area that we've been working on a lot over the last year is at the library. And so we talked, we started out talking about thousands of captures and there are some issues there that over the years, people are like, I, my, my captures feel a little bit trapped on this one machine. And I would like to be able to have my library in Dropbox or Box yeah. or something. But the way that we handled all of that cool metadata made it so that you couldn't easily do that. We decided not to compromise on the metadata and keep that. But uh, a lot of the work we've been doing is to allow you to be able to host your library of captures in a more dynamic place than on just your hard drive. So that's, you know, future, but that's certainly something that we've been investing in. These are exciting news, especially if you are able to synchronize, for example, to Evernote, then you can work around of this OCRing because everything will be OCR'd anyway, or on Dropbox, it will be also, yeah, this is really looking forward to this one. How many users or how much, what percentage of your users are actually using the new tutorial features? I, I think you made up these templates where you can have some explanations and all this. So that is growing. What we found is that kind of the sweet spot there is for people who are like, I don't, I'm not necessarily uh, a document designer and, or I don't want to spend the time on really trying to pour into laying this thing out. And so we delivered these very quick uh, templates that let you take your screenshots, add some text captions, a title at the top that says who it's created by at the bottom and a date and um, send those off very quickly to the, to, to the recipient. And so. Yeah, that's an area that we continue to invest in. In fact, this a uh, few weeks ago, we just posted a new style of template. So some of it's about how it looks and feels, and then also how it's laid out and that it's structured uh, well for communication. And so we continue to add that. We have this asset service that allows you to pull in these type of things that, that augment the experience of Snagit and Camtasia. So that's one of the ways that we're able to deliver more rapid updates there. Mm -hmm. The other thing that is of interest in the last few months and that I think we're going to continue investing in is some of the video capabilities. You mentioned you keeping it simple. We are definitely trying to aim for that. So we just came out with a picture in picture capability, for example, all of us now in our video that we make in the workplace, we're used to seeing faces. Zoom has really set the bar and platforms like this one that we're using now. We had a picture in picture capability in Snagit, but it wasn't able to be like down in the corner. And so it, it's simple, right? It's like you choose one of the four corners or you can drag it to a different corner. I had that happen today where it was in the way. My picture was in the way of something on the screen. So I just moved it. Um, so trying to keep that very Snagit simple, but something that would help humanize and make that personal connection especially as a lot of us are getting less in-person FaceTime with each other right now. And it's just important when you're sharing content and ideas and planning and making decisions that you can have that, that human level. So that's something we've invested in recently and we'll continue to think about how video evolves in this new workplace. Absolutely agree. And this sounds really promising as well. And I just want to bring up Chris here. He mentioned having a shared sync library would be amazing. I totally agree. And there's something else that came to my mind, which is mobile. So whenever I could use Snagit in, uh, on my iPad or iPhone to screen capture, it's possible, isn't it? Yeah. As far I know, there's an application to do this, but having a synced library, this just makes it easier to access all my information from one place. Or is there anything I'm missing here? This is already available. 
Yeah, we haven't. So that is something that we haven't uh, fleshed out on the mobile side yet. At this point, when you have a, your library of Staget captures in the cloud, they would still be Staget format, typically. Hmm. Yeah. So you'd be able to open up and snag it on other platforms. So that's where we started first. Along with that came a lot of interesting, these, this is a little bit inside baseball, but snag at windows came out in 91. I want to say 90, 91, the first version, like super early. and snag at Mac came out. I, I want to say 2008 maybe was the first version of that. So we've been playing catch up on Mac mm. away and trying to keep things like Microsoft. Yeah, I know. It's exactly the same thing. There's still PowerPoint features missing on the Mac version. And as I learned, they have to build everything from scratch. So they have a new as well, isn't it? Two separate applications to build from scratch. But if you can imagine that as you start to think about how do you have one library that both platforms can access, a lot of that stuff comes out of the woodwork and it has to get resolved. So that's also part of the story that we do want to work toward is I can open up those captures on Windows or Mac and move back and forth more seamlessly. And over time, when you get a new machine, everything's right there. Or if you have two machines you work between, everything's right there. So that's the core of the story. And then from there, we can build to things like mobile and other kinds of extensions. But isn't it going into the direction like Loom or browser-based or web-based uh, format? So uh, Snagit will live inside a website or on a website, maybe merges with Screencast and is a standalone solution in there. And you have an account that you log in and then you can access it your data later on and so on. So is this a long-term vision or is this nothing you can talk about? Yeah, I, I, there's not too much I can say about that long-term uh, vision. I think a lot of that is TBD as we're taking each step and, and continuing to reevaluate. Yeah, yeah. But certainly bringing that experience together across the platforms and the continuity over time is like the first, the first area that we're really focused on. Because yeah, people work. I just talked with someone yesterday at a large tech company and she's, we lease our machines. Every 18 months it goes back to IT and yeah. I had a new one. And you can imagine the disruption if you lose all your captures, like that's the worst. Especially as a Mac user, you're very used to, I just buy a new Mac and everything is there. I was using 15 years and still using a Windows machine here. So we are just used that everything is backed up in the cloud and it's easy to access later on. And I think that the quick win would be really to open up the cloud and that you can actually save your Snagit backup in the cloud consistently and without adding an, a specific service here from side of Snag uh, TechSmith. Then, then I thank you very much for your time and I wish you a wonderful holiday. Thank and you. Yeah. I really, a couple days at the lake. Really looking forward to catch up with you whenever there are new features coming out. If anybody wants to reach out to you or stays in contact with you, is there, is there any place people can go? Yeah, certainly do. I, I do check my Twitter DMs. I try to have them go off as notifications so you can do that or just tweet at me. And I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, look me up there and I try to respond to anything that looks like not spam in my DMs there. So uh, yeah, it's not easy on LinkedIn to, to find not spam. Yeah. Yes. Happy to connect and folks. And what's the handle on Twitter? It's a little odd. It's Fosteronimo. So Foster, F-O-S-T-E-R-O-N-O-M-O. -O -O. All right. Yeah. Thank you very much. So Daniel, have a good time and we will meet up next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye.